On this first Sunday in Advent, my scripture text this morning is taken from uh, the first letter that Paul wrote to a little church in a place called Thessalonica, which is in Greece. And uh, that little church was actually a pretty strong church. Uh, they worked hard to be faithful to God and to share God's love and God's message in a community that culturally was not unlike ours. There were a lot of pressures, a lot of uh, challenges, uh, and many in the, in the particular culture in which the Thessalonians lived um, were trying in, in sometimes not so subtle ways to sort of pull people away from their new life in Christ and back to the old ways of doing things. And so when Paul wrote the letter, he was addressing a variety of issues, including trying to encourage the people to be faithful to the message they heard in Jesus Christ. And so this morning we're going to look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 24. Let us listen to God's word. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Let us bow for a moment of prayer. Almighty and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the thoughts of our hearts be found acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. And as we move into this time of Advent, may we be expectant and open to the coming of Christ once again deep within our spirits. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As the Christmas season got into full swing, a woman named Louise Carroll, who was an elder in a Presbyterian church in Pennsylvania, wrote the following poem to describe some of her feelings around Advent and as she moved toward Christmas. And I'd like to uh, invite you to consider whether or not you can identify with any of her feelings as we too are, are moving from Thanksgiving into the glorious holiday season of Advent. So here's what she wrote. I got out my Christmas card list. I made out my gift list. Must not forget anyone. I cleaned the house, the whole house. I got out the decorations, boxes and boxes of them. I shopped and shopped. Did you notice how sad shoppers look? I bought a Christmas tree, a big beautiful tree. I made cookies. I shopped. I wrapped Christmas gifts, all blue paper this year. I decorated the tree with the angel on top, of course. I wrapped Christmas gifts. I made fruitcake. I finally got my Christmas cards mailed. I shopped. The shoppers looked angry and tired. Me too. I made candy. I got out my beautiful Christmas dishes decorated with the sprigs of holly. I bought a beautiful live wreath for the door and a big red velvet bow. I bought nuts and fruits. I shopped. 
I put a big poinsettia on the hall table. I baked more cookies. I wrapped more gifts. I'm tired. I'm depressed. I've worked so hard. Is this it? Is this Christmas? Ever feel like that? Maybe not yet. Maybe in a couple of weeks to start to feel like that. But it's an illustration, I think, of how we sometimes feel and how hard it can be for us to the get to the heart of the Christmas story and the Christmas season before all of the stuff around that season gets to us and takes us to that place where we feel kind of tired and depleted and discouraged. I think there's a way to get through all, and enjoy all of the traditions and expectations of Christmas, all the distractions that are there. I think we can get to the heart of Christmas with allowing all of those things to clutter us up and drain us and get us to that place where we're going, whew, man, I'm glad it's over. And you know what I'm talking about. And I think Paul gives us an amazing strategy to help us get to Christmas before Christmas gets to us. Paul encourages us to remain in, with kind of an attitude, uh, and he uses four words or four phrases that I think are part of his strategy. He encourages us to be joyful, prayerful, thankful, and hopeful. So if you want to get to Christmas before Christmas gets to you, first of all, be joyful. It's a season of joy. Hang on to that joyfulness. Even if you happen to be a Cougar fan, you can be joyful today. I promise you the sun is shining. It's beautiful out. We've enjoyed Thanksgiving and now we're in this new season. Our, Old our New Testament lesson reminds us that there can be joy regardless of whatever challenges or frustrations or circumstances you might be facing. I mean, we don't always believe that, do we? Or we don't seem to act like we believe that. This past year, week, I don't know how it was for you. I don't know if any of you went out to Black Friday. You know, I never do that. I never will do that. I can't think of anything that I need or want badly enough that I'm going to subject myself to all of that. But I did do one thing with my grandkids and their parents who were visiting with us from Spokane. We went down to Bellevue. I don't know if any of you have ever been to Bellevue some evening for what they call the, uh, now I'm going to forget the name of it. Can't, what, what is it? Snowflake yeah, yeah. What did you say? Snowflake, Snowflake Lane. Lane. Thank you. <laughs> Here I was just there, and I can't remember where I was and what I did. Snowflake Lane, and you get down there, and it starts at 7 o'clock, and it's kind of a lot of fun, and they, they have these drummers that get up on the light posts, and they drum, and they play all these Christmas carols, and people sing. And this year, uh, they did something I don't remember doing in previous years. They had kind of a little parade. Now, we've never gone the first night, so maybe that's what they do the first night. But I want to tell you, that place was packed. And I found myself standing there in the 10 minutes or so before it was going to start. And, of course, it's cold and everything. I got my grandkids and everything. And people just cramming in and cramming in and jostling and bumping everyone. And this one guy kind of is trying to push by. And, and he, he leans against my wife and to the point where she's practically bent over this, you know, railing and we had to push the guy back. Oh, I'm sorry. I do, you know, and like that. But everybody was in that kind of mood just to be there, you know, and, and, and it started to squeeze the joy out of me a little bit, I thought. And I found myself thinking, 
man, I'm not doing this again. I'm I'm not going to do this again. But I'm glad he did it, of course, and we had a good time. But it's so easy to lose that joy because of things like that. Sometimes in our daily life, we're frustrated. We have disappointments to come. We feel drained. We feel defeated. Uh, We know that life is difficult, and uh, the circumstances of life can sometimes squeeze that joy out of us and divert us from our center of joy, which is our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Life has a way, even during the Christmas season, sometimes even more so in the Christmas season, of kind of battering us around a little bit, and we find ourselves wondering. And we find ourselves wondering about the joy of the season when we're experiencing some difficult times. Well, in the midst of the season, in the midst of the difficult circumstances, We need more than ever to get to the heart of Christmas, to hear again that glorious good news of Emmanuel, God in the flesh, God with us, God for us, and God within us. All of that is contained in Emmanuel. I remember back a number of years, and I was serving another church, and we had a beautiful woman in our church and their family. She was only probably 42 or 43 and she contracted cancer, uh, and she battled cancer for almost a year. She was married. She had three young children at home. She just absolutely loved everything about the Christmas season. She was a person who exuded boundless joy and enthusiasm wherever she was. She had a deep faith. And I remember going down to see her, uh, oh, a couple weeks, I suppose it was, before Christmas, and she was at Virginia Mason Hospital, and... uh, And I was visiting with her, and in the midst of all of her difficult experiences or or circumstances, she was inspiring to me because I I found myself being touched by her courageous spirit and her rigorous faith. And she said, Tom, she said, I want to be home for Christmas. And you could see the fire in her eyes and the intensity and kind of the glow in the midst of, of battling that terrible disease. And even though she had this disease that was draining her body of life, one could sense that she had not diminished and that that disease had not diminished her joy because of her faith in Jesus Christ. Be joyful always, says Paul. Be joyful always. Even when the burdens of life are becoming almost too much to bear, yeah, be joyful Be joyous even when dealing with difficulties and problems that resist all solutions. Yeah, Paul says be joyful. Being joyful means that we welcome everything that life has to offer with expectancy and in faith. Here's what joy is. It's not all the happy feelings necessarily. It's not like that song a number of years ago, don't worry, be happy, and that kind of thing. It's nothing that we can manufacture on our own or create on our own. But to be joyful is to have a profound trust that we belong, body and soul and spirit, to a loving God who is with us and over us and for us and in us. And to know that God can use everything that we are experiencing today, tomorrow, in the days ahead for our good and for our growth. It's to believe that when disappointment and heartache hit us, as they always will, that each contain a kind of hidden joy if we're open enough to God and look for it. 
And the reason we can rejoice in all things is because we know that our God is a sovereign God, that he holds us and all of creation in his sovereign care and purposes. And, that, and when we are willing to trust God in our spite of our difficulties, then we become willing to pray, Lord, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I may not understand it all. I may not be able to explain it to anybody, but thy will be done. When we can pray that in that way, we can know that there is a blessing waiting, wrapped up in every circumstance that we will encounter. And you know what? One of the greatest, greatest gifts that you can give to another person this Christmas season is going to be the gift of joy and that message of joy. So be joyful. The second thing that Paul says that will help get us to the heart of Christmas before Christmas gets to us is that we ought to be prayerful. He says pray continually, pray unceasingly. And when we do that, we find ourselves drawn deeper and deeper into God. We develop a deeper friendship with God. And the other thing that happens is we gain a fresh perspective on everything that's going on. That's what happens when we pray. Through prayer, God shines the light of eternity. And the amazing thing about praying continually is that we are often open to what God wants to accomplish regardless of the circumstance. You see, the person of prayer is the person who can, is able to say, Lord, as I'm dealing with this person, facing this situation, enjoying this over here, or wondering about that over there, I can pray, what are you going to do with that circumstance, that person, that opportunity that is before me? It's a very, very different way to live, and it brings us peace and joy. You know, Henry David Thoreau once wrote, most men lead lives of quiet desperation. You probably know people like that. I encounter people like that quite often. Most people lead lives of quiet de desperation. But that's not so for the disciple of Jesus who prays without ceasing. Whether alone or with others, we can pray. Whether we're here at church or someplace else, we can pray. Some of you prayed this morning that your car would start and you'd be able to get here today, and here you are. We can pray without ceasing, and we can be at peace no matter what our circumstances. Whether we're feeling weak or strong, we can pray. Praying without ceasing, being a prayerful person, enables us to focus on the moment and to regain our equilibrium when we're getting a little bit out of balance because life is knocking us around a little bit. Teresa of Avila, who was a wonderful saint uh, in the Roman Catholic Church many, many centuries ago, uh, she put it this way in one of her writings. She wrote, let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. All things must pass away, but God never changes. Patience obtains all things. He who has God finds he lacks nothing. God alone suffices. When we are prayerful in every circumstances, we are open to that kind of peace where we can rest and say, God alone suffices. So be joyful, be prayerful. And the third part of the strategy in getting to Christmas before the season gets to us is to remain thankful in all circumstances. Paul spoke of this, asking, what, what are you thankful for? And uh, Thanksgiving, I love Thanksgiving. 
You know, I refuse to put any of my decorations up before Thanksgiving. Uh, I think we so often leapfrog over Thanksgiving to get to Christmas, and I think it's a real shame. Uh, in this season of giving, will we be also known for our gratitude? Theologian John Bailey wrote these words, Gratitude is not only the dominant note in Christian piety, but equally the dominant motive of Christian action. A true Christian is a person who never for a moment forgets what God has done for him in Jesus Christ. That's why we're thankful. Thankfulness gets us out of ourself and all of our tight little world with all of its problems and all of its challenges, and we leave a little bit of our self-interest as we acknowledge the goodness of God and as we acknowledge other people around us in ways that we can be grateful to them. So if we want to get to Christmas before we allow Christmas to get to us, well, it would be helpful to be grateful. In fact, I invite you to do a little exercise throughout the Christmas season. Maybe carve out a little bit of time. Doesn't take long, five minutes. And write down two or three things that you're grateful for. Either their things or their people or their circumstances or their opportunities, whatever those things might be. Take a moment every day and just say, Lord, I'm thankful for this, this, and this. So be joyful. Be prayerful. Be thankful. And finally, Paul tells us to stay hopeful. There are a lot of reasons not to be hopeful. You can watch the news, and some, some of us choose not to watch so much news because it, it kind of brings us down. And uh, there are a lot of things to look at in our community, in our denomination, in our church, in our world, in our circumstances, and pretty soon we find hope starting to drain drain away from us. But verse 24 of our text reminds us that God is faithful. That's one of the characteristics of God, that God can be counted on no matter what, and that God is working out his purposes in our lives. Faithfulness describes God's re re reliability throughout all of life's ups and downs. That's one of the great things about getting familiar with the overall story in Scripture, Old and New Testament. Because when you look back from creation on all the way to the book of Revelation, you see how God has worked with people through all of their ups and all of their downs, through their greatest triumphs and uh, the, the, the deepest depths of their despair and uh, their darkness. God remains the constant. God remains faithful, and he does work out his purposes in our lives. You know, there's a... a uh, Favorite story of mine, it concerns uh, one of the leading generals in, during World War I. His name was, uh, he was a French general, Marshal Falk. And uh, during World War I, he wrote a very famous telegram. Uh, and on his telegram, as he was facing yet another battle, he said this. He said, my right flank is crumbling. My left is totally blocked. Situation excellent. I attack. That's a guy who is hopeful hopeful. Now, I don't know whether he was a believer or not, but that ought to characterize our life. Yeah, this looks like kind of a mess out here, but wow, I'm hopeful because I know that God is in it and God is going to lead me through it. So I'm going to embrace the opportunity and move forward. When we know in the depths of our soul that God is faithful, we can live with that kind of boldness. So brothers and sisters, friends, 
If you want to get to Christmas before allowing Christmas to get to you, be joyful, be thankful, be prayerful. And above all, be hopeful. For your life, body, and soul belongs to, quote, quoting from our text, the God of peace, the one who calls you, who is faithful still. That is the surest and best path to a joyous and fulfilling and blessed Christmas. Let us pray together. Almighty and gracious God, sometimes we lose our sense of hope. We're tempted to grouse more than we are to express gratitude to you. We sometimes get a little down when we ought to be remaining joyful. And in our daily activities, we forget about being prayerful people. Lord, may it not be so this year as we move into the season of Advent. May your joy fill our hearts. May we exude gratitude. May we be people of passionate prayer. And may we be folks who are hopeful, even in the midst of the darkness, shining the light of Jesus wherever we are. Thanks be to God for the good news in Jesus Christ our Lord. Emmanuel, God with us. We long for you and wait for you. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen.